Hi, I'm the dock worker on the Kyrie NN docks, very excited by the drama, confused by what's happening, Dalen. Hi, I'm broken. And welcome to Loyal's Book Club, a podcast dedicated to dissecting and discussing Robert Jordan's epic fantasy series, The Wheel of Time. Well, folks, what I've been waiting for, for a full year. Fucking A, man. Since we started this podcast um, on the 22nd of February, I have been waiting for us to get to Fires of Heaven because... Uh, we were talking a little bit pre-recording, but for the most part, nothing happens in this book until maybe the last 20 chapters. And that's when everything goes. Um, and we'll get into it a little later, but regarding those two, three big deaths, Eric, did you see any of it coming? Fuck no. Nope? No, and Robert Jordan's a hack. Yeah. He's a hack writer. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> He obviously made many mistakes and should have passed this off to many people to tell him that he was wrong to do this. But he didn't. He thought he was a good writer and didn't check with anybody. Self-published this without anybody checking. Put it on the bookshelves himself. And now we're here with my broken heart. I didn't see it coming. No. It, I didn't it, see it coming. I didn't see a lot of It's devastating, I think, just in the short-term reaction, that gut reaction of, oh, fuck but in the long term kind of thinking ahead to the rest of the series it's just like shit i definitely feel like nobody's safe at this point yeah uh and and we'll we'll get there when we get there but but there's a certain yeah i'll, I'll say i'll say yeah. for some discussion so points later no i didn't we, see this coming before we get into the six chapters and the our season finale why don't you uh, follow us to Behind the Bar, a segment where we discuss the cocktail of the week. And Eric, what is the cocktail of the week? Yeah, you know what? Uh, this week I wanted it to be uh, champagne-based. I wanted us to uh, celebrate finishing the book, celebrate you uh, moving into your new place, which yeah. we are currently recording. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know what? <clears throat> I really wish I didn't leave the reading till an hour before recording because at this point, I don't, I don't want to do champagne anymore. I really just want to do like a couple of 40s and pour one out. Um, we but, can pour the champagne out oh God, in no. the glass. No, not the, not the Lamarca. <laughs> Uh, yeah, today we are doing um, we are doing Chambord and Champagne. It is very easy. It is one of those drinks where the title describes what we are drinking, Champagne and Chambord. However, we're um, we're going blue collar this time because yeah, yeah, exactly. You you know us. We're we're all on budgets. We don't <laughs> we don't have money to blow it. At least until this podcast absolutely catches oh, fire and dusty wheel gutted <laughs> way at the leaf rotted we are coming for you uh but uh i did go with the name brand for chambord it is a very particular liqueur it is a black uh raspberry liqueur Ooh. you can get a couple of you know other other brands of of black raspberry it really does not matter or even raspberry but um something about the chambord is very nice there's a bit of a syrupy thickness to it it is uh it is a french liqueur it's, yeah it's uh so very much along with champagne it's got very much a french connection uh, and we're not doing champagne tonight. We are doing uh, Lamarca, which is a Prosecco. A... Prosecco is my shit. There it is. I knew you'd like it. I love Prosecco. <laughs> uh, and it's a sparkling wine. And, and what I kind of thought about this was, uh, yeah, ending the book, but also, you know, 
anything sparkling is good for an occasion, for celebrations, you know, anything celebratory, anything with like a, just a little bit more hmm than your uh, general wine. Yeah. And the Chambord is just a, a brilliant addition because, uh, A, you get a little bit more of a higher ABV. Who, who doesn't love that? Uh, two, no, the flavor and taste is insane again chambord i i went brand name with this one because you can tell the difference i do have a, a raspberry liqueur but there's just something about the black raspberry chambord yeah. can't really kirk uh kirkland brand exactly chambord. exactly uh and then three also just the the, the presentation like uh, i'm very happy we have glassware today i was you know not that solo cups we're gonna if you work with what you got which i'm gonna get into in a second like yeah. i said i, I kind of blue collared this uh <laughs> this time around but uh just the way it looks that that little purple tinge uh just looks absolutely beautiful and you know if you're if you're looking to impress but you're not looking to do too much labor uh chambord and champagne is where it's at yep uh so and you know going behind the bar you know we're talking about the drink but we also got to talk about the equipment a little bit because uh yeah. i see I, I i see you see me <laughs> Chilling the the sparkling yes. wine in question. There's a large bucket. There is uh, a very large bucket, and that was just to show that you know whatever you have on hand works. Uh, typically, you'll chill a champagne, sparkling wine, white wines in a metal bucket. Yeah. Uh, typically, just big enough to store one bottle. Uh, that's totally fine. But instead, I've actually got a uh, I've got an Ace Hardware. Yeah paint bucket which and brings us to us our sponsor for this episode <laughs> ace hardware ace hardware for all your shamboard and champagne needs <laughs> and uh actually i i typically use these as my slush buckets when i'm Ooh. on an event and uh for anyone not knowing a slush bucket is simply where you pour out any of the liquid ingredients with a catch at the top to catch any straws garnishes anything that would be considered oh, trash um this is white jungle juice <laughs> or she has exactly uh this has been washed out wiped out i i wipe and hand wash all my equipment after events even the slush buckets because if you don't they can get sticky with all the residual liquid yeah, and stuff that's contamination just a little bit exactly and uh, i actually personally prefer these buckets because uh, metal tends to sweat a lot mm, so if yeah. you don't want to put down towels or if you're afraid of you know making a ring uh, metal's gonna do that but this bucket as you can see we could fit easily another two bottles in here oh yeah and whether that's more prosecco or more uh different types of wines uh it really does go to show that whatever you got uh, on hand works yeah make it work yeah and so uh talking about chilling your wine um you know optimally in a perfect world Again, with our ACE sponsorship and, and us being the, <laughs> oh. the top of the New York Times yes. best podcast sellers, yeah. uh, we would have a we would have a wine fridge or a wine cave yeah. uh, that keeps it at a very crisp, uh, optimal level of temperature. Uh, I don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Neither do I. Uh, I'm looking around. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that around here either. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> One of the bookshelves is a secret uh, doorway to our wine cellar. And I uh, and I bought this Prosecco Warm. I brought it right off the shelf and brought mm -hmm. it right here. But it's going to be ready to pop right here after I explain this. Ooh. Because what I did was uh, I packed it in ice, you know, put the bottle in, put ice around it. But here's the little trick that people don't know about. Because maybe you've noticed this when you go to the beach, you're at a barbecue, or you're doing what I'm doing and you're chilling something in ice. The ice is nice and it keeps it cold, but it doesn't doesn't if you put just beer in an ice container it's, gonna... it's gonna get cold but it's not gonna have that like crisp 
beer cold that you want. Yeah. And the trick to that is you got to add water to your container. Whatever container you have it in, add a little bit of water. The ice will super chill the water, and the water uh, surrounds all of the surface area of the yeah. bottle. So it's not just the little bits of ice. It is literally enveloped in a very cold, chilled blanket. Not only that, uh, ice in water will drop to a temperature way colder than uh, dry ice will. We have no, everyone has known the pain. You are at a family barbecue, you're at a family function, and you think, let me get that last <laughs> Coke that's at the bottom of the ice cooler. <laughs> and suddenly your ha- you reach down and your hand is like black with uh, frostbite <laughs> all Ex- in there. Exactly. That's that's what you want to do at the start. It makes that Coke worth it. It does. Uh, but that's what you want to do at the start. And that's what I've done here. And uh, actually, I think if we're ready to pop some Prosecco and get into this discussion, oh, I'm, I'm, I am ready. I'm ready if you are. Let's do it. Uh, so yeah, again, we're doing La Marca Prosecco and uh, I'm talking a little bit about sparkling wines. There are some easy cheats to figure out if you've got a... Uh, a quality brand on your hands or not because they're all denotated with some letters uh we're drinking a doc which is the second highest ranking i believe if you're looking for I something know that. right and unfortunately you know what i wish i did uh, a little bit better of my own homework and looked it up what it actually means i'm sure i could hear in a moment we could splice it in all sexy like yeah but uh there's a second one that is a dogc and that's like top of the top so you're working with brands especially if you don't know this stuff look for a doc look for a dogc oh here we go yes what do we got so um doc okay please just say it sometimes you go onto these websites and it's like it was the summer after my grandfather (laughs) it's so uh if to all our italian listeners out there i'm sorry um doc stands for uh Denominazione di origine controllata, which means designation of controlled origin. There are 329 DOCs in Italy, which cover many types of wine, from the sparkling wines of Prosecco to the Vinsanto dessert wines of Tuscany to a wide range of uh, red and white wines across the country. Um, and then DOCG is Denominazione de Origine Controlata e Garantita. Um, and that does not have a translation. Um, so this is one of the more recent uh, designations. Um, this is kind of like the best of the best. Like these are uh, from Barolo or uh, Barbaresco. Um, really about the great quality. There's there's 74 DOCG wines in Italy, um, mostly concentrated in uh, Piemonte, Tuscany, and the Veneto. Excellent. So there you go. If you don't know sparkling wine, just look for DOC or DOCG, and you'll all be set. Yeah. Uh, I guess too we should uh, have the the quick discussion of uh, uh, all champagne is sparkling wine, but not yeah. all sparkling wines are champagne. Yes. <laughs> I uh, think you have probably heard this. I think a lot of people that don't even drink have heard this, but it is only champagne if it's from the specific region in France. Yeah, from like the south of France, uh, and everything else is a sparkling wine. Yes, and but just, it gets you drunk either way. Exactly, and uh, very much like uh, Kleenex has just been synonymous with tissue, yeah. champagne has been with sparkling wine. But watch yourself if you're in an A-grade book club. Don't don't make yourself look like a fool. Yeah, if y'all are reading like Jonathan Franzen and some shit. <laughs> 
All right, this one's for Moraine. Wonderful. Lovely. <laughs> so on that note, let's let's hop into it. I think the most pressing thing that we are going to talk about, obviously, you know, while things happen, I think one of the biggest moments in this entire uh, episode and in this series is uh, what happens on the decks of Kyrian. Um, yeah, we're just going to kind of have a bit of a top of the top of the episode discussion about that yeah. real quick. All right. So it's one of those things that when it happened... Oh, cheers. Nashastrovia. To sacrifice. To sacrifice. Woo! Um, so when we on the podcast got to the Shadow Rising, mm-hmm. and once Moraine got back from Ruidian, mm-hmm. I was, because I knew it was coming, I was able to read all of the signs. And every time Egwene noticed Moraine looked a little distant, Moraine looked upset. Like, all of the interactions that she had with Rand where she, like, begged to be at his side is because she saw that moment in Kyrian. It could go either way. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I just kind of want to, like, not that the political things in Kyrian are important. We have the moments with Colaver trying to send these women to sleep with Rand, but he just rejects them every time. Mm-hmm. Um in some great moments with Egwene and Avienda before when they say, no, we're going with you to fight Ravine. When mm-hmm. we find out, according to Matt, uh, Morgase is dead, but we know that's not true. Uh, we find out Matt has a name for his army, the Band of the Red Hand, uh, Shen Al-Kalar. Yeah, shout out to, uh, to some of the community stuff making more and more sense to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, all right. But... So, and uh, we'll get into the letters that Rand got from uh, Elida and Alviarin. Mm -hmm. But I think it's just on the top of our heads, so let's do it. Yeah. So, Moraine writes a letter to Rand that he finds. uh, That he was given, like, probably like 30 minutes before everything went down. And he reads it when he's by himself in the shed. And it goes. I'm going to read it all out and then we're going to just kind of dissect it a Mm -hmm. little bit. These words will fade within moments after this leaves your hands, awarding a tune to you, so be careful of it. That you're reading this means that events have fallen out at the docks as I'd hoped. Since the first day I reached Ruidian, I have known, it need not trouble you how, some secrets belong to others and I will not betray them, that a day would come in Kyrian when news would arrive of Morgase. I did not know what that would be, if what we had heard is true, the light have mercy on her soul. She was willful and stubborn with the temper of a lioness at times, but for all that a true, good, and gracious queen. But each time that news led to the docks on the following day. There were three branches from the docks, but if you're reading this, I am gone, and so is Lanfear. The other two paths were much worse. Down one, Lanfear killed you. Down the other, she carried you away, and when next we saw you, you called yourself Luz Theron Telamon and were her devoted lover. I hope that Avienda and Egwene have survived unharmed. You see, I do not know what happens in the world after, except for perhaps one small thing which does not concern you. I could not tell you for the same reason I could not tell Lan. Even given the choices, I could not be sure which you would pick. Men of the two rivers, it seems, retain much of storied Manetherin in them. Traits shared with men of the borderlands. 
It is said that a borderlander will take a dagger's wound to avoid harm to a woman and count it fair trade. I dared not risk that you would place my life above your own. Not a risk, I fear, but a foolish certainty, as today has surely proved. A few final points. If Lan has not already gone, tell him that what I did to him I did for the best. He will understand one day, and I hope bless me for it. Trust no woman fully who is now Aes Sedai. I do not speak simply of the Black Aja, though you must always be watchful of them. Be as suspicious of Viren as you are of Alviarin. We have made the world dance as we sang for three thousand years. That is a difficult habit to break, as I have learned da while dancing to your song. You must dance free, and even the best intentioned of my sisters may try to guide and even the best intentioned of my sisters may well try to guide your steps as I once did. Please deliver Tom Marilyn's letter safely when you meet him again. There is a small matter that I once told him of which I must make clear for his peace of mind. Lastly, be wary too of Master Jason Natale. I cannot approve wholly, but I understand. Perhaps, perhaps it was the only way, yet be careful of him. He is the same man now that he always was. Remember that always. May the light illumine and protect you. You will do well. <sighs> it is just... I think it's just... Like... Knowing it's coming and you can't stop it. But I think... I know you did like the reading kind of fairly quickly, but... Were you surprised by, like, she's known that this would happen, that this was... No, I mean, it just made sense, you know? Like, the the shock of what happened is, is pretty big, but then yeah. there's some reflection that happens, and Moraine is different in this book. You know, it was, uh, I, I mistakenly thought a lot of uh, her uh, aloofness uh, now in this book was very much because she was not controlling Rand. Yeah. Which we'd seen very much happen in the last couple of books, always for his best interest. And I right. think that especially is now uh, uh, cemented because of her choice and her sacrifice. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, there, it's kind of a grand world with some grand magic that is big. Yeah, And so I think even like, because we didn't get to see what she saw, you know, as a reader, we didn't, we, right. didn't we, we get to know about it, but we weren't there in the same way we were with Rand and Matt. Yeah. But kind of remembering back to then, she was having the same thing and how big that must have been and how impactful and great those visions yeah. probably were. Uh, it repaints it in such a tragic light yeah now. yeah no every time we Fucking read sucks bro yeah every time we re we were in those in the ideal ways with maureen every interaction with her was just so like oh fuck yeah so again like i know i've said it a couple times and you know i probably won't be too fresh on it after finishing the series but i think there's a ton more contextual yeah uh gratification that happens on a second reread oh my uh, god some great first time shocks don't don't get me wrong but there is a no i'm kind of curious now what what her actions through like even books one through five really mean yeah um, i mean you see moraine through a real different light i think once she's gone because i mean through the first couple books you see her as just she's 
uh, she says to Rand, she's making him dance to their song. Mm. But you kind of understand like she's doing this for a reason. She's the more experienced of the everyone, mm-hmm. her and Lan. But you don't realize just how deep it goes. Yeah, well, and I think, especially in that letter, there is... And I do think, uh, you know, all jokes aside, uh, Robert Jordan's a great writer. Oh, yeah, all, yeah, yeah. All, all of that was just jokes, guys. Yeah, we are, I promise, don't but don't cancel us. There is some magnificent character development and evolution, even at the end of this. Yeah. Even the way that she writes the letter, there is a calmness, there is an assuredness, yeah. there's not, there's not a, a need to puppet anything. Yeah. There's some sage advice and wisdom, and I think especially, you know, her giving Rand the heads up of, like, I, I know who Jason is, I know what you're doing. Yeah. I, you, you think you're slick, you're not. <laughs> but even her not condemning that, but just no. giving advice of, like, just, I see what you're doing, I get it, be careful. Yeah. Like, there, there really is some cool character growth even in there. Because I feel like old, Mo- like, book one Moraine would have killed Jason the tail. I yeah. think the second she had it with like in like a guess that he was forsaken yeah yeah um but i think just like the few little thing of like that i ended up highlighting um when she says it need not trouble you how some secrets belong to others and i will not betray them obviously these are the rings that uh moraine and avienda went through Mm -hmm. and so we also wonder what three choices was she given Mm -hmm. was avienda given like down one path she and Rand have sex and we are kind of wherever that leads us or if it's like down one path they don't one path you know like Mm. it's really this kind of like oh what if you know yeah yeah and I think uh you know I I don't have many (laughs) predictions in this episode yeah because we wrap it up and it just felt like I needed a, a breath after it but I'm wondering if Avi and uh those choices, those paths, have anything to do with uh, bearing a child, bearing Rand's child, oh. or anything like that. And I don't think Robert Jordan would cheapen it to, you know, just making her a baby-making machine, but I think if you're upping the stakes and we're kind of going with, you know, reincarnation, life cycles, etc., I do wonder if there's anything in there with that, especially because this is the first... Uh, real sexually explicit uh scene we kind of get yeah we, we get like kind of like winks and nods here and there to stuff everything's like a fade to black kind of like exactly. cutaway. and that one was just such a powerful thing I, I do believe there's something to do with that he wouldn't put it in there he robert jordan and rand wouldn't have put it in there if there wasn't <laughs> anything there you know so soft prediction but uh avient is pregnant okay i'll, I'll put that there well cool and so, um, there is only one thing that Moraine knows happens in the world after. One small thing that does not concern Rand. Do you have maybe any guesses as to what that might be? If it's maybe tied to... Read the, the, li- read the line again? What's the... Okay. What does it say exactly? Uh, let me actually pull it up because I made some... Um, I hope that Egwene and Avienda have survived survived unharmed you see i do not know what happens in the world after except perhaps for one small thing which does not concern you 
Yeah, see, I... It's too... Is it too vague of a... It is, and I'm sure it's going to make sense down the line, and the thing I'm getting tripped up on is my instinct says that there's some type of reincarnation. The dead are never really dead. Yeah. In some kind of way. But if that doesn't concern Rand, like, my whole theory with that concerns him greatly, because, you know, (laughs) he is... Lose Theron and Lose Theron is him, and they're yeah. like the same person, just reborn in different times. And whether that's the same, you know, something a little bit more esoteric, like a thread, or actually the same person or spirit, uh, I don't know. But I think I think it has something to do with that. And we've even seen it. I mean, we've seen Heroes of the Horn come back, yeah, like, literally in the in the flesh. So I also don't want to. I don't want to stick to my own optimism that Moraine's coming back. Because a, uh, it's gonna be quite a few books if that doesn't happen for me to hold out on. Yeah. And two, unless there is some grand way that ties everything together and she comes back, it absolutely cheapens that sacrifice. Mm. But what I will say is, you know, anything's fucking possible in in, the, the, in a world of magic and monsters. The wheel weaves as the wheel wills. Yeah. So she she knows something, and it might be yeah something about that, or you know her not being gone entirely as we know it right you know even if she's not coming back she's still going to be around somehow some way all right and so she says please deliver tom Marilyn's letter safely when you meet him again there's a small matter that once i once told him of which i must make clear for his peace of mind mm-hmm. remember so this one i feel like i've been so far gone from tom for a second <laughs> i've kind of forgot his story i know he's super guilty about something that happened that he thinks it's is his fault the death of his uh, nephew owen yes so in shadow rising moraine and tom had a little conversation and in exchange for him helping her she was going to tell tom about the red sisters who are responsible for his nephew's death there we go so that's I'm, I'm, that's what I'm thinking. That's what that is. The one small concern? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, these are great, like, little, these are great little seeds being planted, too. Oh, I yeah. Think. Like, some really fun, detailed stuff. Yeah. I also noticed how many times Moraine says, you will do well. Not only in the letter, but, like, in preceding everything, she tells Rand, you will do well. Mm-hmm. I... Do you think that's more of a, like, let me try to stave off this madness? Or do you think it's, maybe she does know something. The one small thing that does not concern him, mm-hmm. maybe not necessarily a, is about something he'll do. Mm-hmm. But something someone else will do that will benefit Rand. Maybe. I, I kind of thought, like, I don't know how much staying power this has or how much weight this holds whatsoever. But I kind of took it as... The Aes Sedai cannot lie. And whether that's just to their own knowledge or if it's something a little bit more absolute, it sounded, it feels like something a little bit more magical than just uh, assuring words. Right. It almost feels like a weave of truth in itself that she is putting will into the universe to make that happen. I don't know how far off base I am with that. Well, yeah. I mean, she says Aes Sedai cannot lie when Rand gets the letters from uh, Alviarin and Mm -hmm. Elida. But to kind of go from one letter to the other, I think I want to talk about that because mm-hmm. I don't, like, I already don't trust Elida and Alviarin. 
Right. And so the letters, one is addressed to Randall Thor, guessing that one's from Elida. The other is addressed to the Lord Dragon Reborn from Alviarin. Elida's does not seem, is a little, because, you know, we've seen Elida's followers, the stools in front of the desk have gone down from like 12 to 6. And she's kind of said, I have an idea for Rand. Like, she's been kind of, like, so she says, there can be no denial that you are the one prophesized, yet many will try to destroy you for what else you are. For the sake of the world, this cannot be allowed. Two nations have bent knee to you, and the savage Aiel as well. Great first impression. I mean, my God. Especially after spending all this time with them. Really, like, really, really paints that character yeah. in, a, in a smart way. It's like, honey, you're in no room to talk. <laughs> um, but the power of thrones is as dust beside the one power. The White Tower will, will shelter and protect you against those who refuse to see what must be. The White Tower will see that you live to see Tormund Gaiden. No one else can do this. An escort of Aes Sedai will come to bring you to Tarvalon with the honor and respect you deserve. This I pledge to you. Now that I am curious to hear. An escort of Aes Sedai will come to bring you to Tarvalon with the honor and respect you deserve. Yeah, hey, don't the Radijah do that with false dragons? All yeah, the time? and um, <laughs> wasn't Elida's reaction to Randall Thorne not exactly like. <laughs> the best yeah especially after just receiving information from Moring not to trust the Aes Sedai at this point yeah oh god it's gonna get so much more dicey. so do you have an a little like prediction for if we meet the escort are we gonna meet the escort of Aes Sedai and Lord of Chaos or yeah I, okay. think, I think so and I think they are because let's see here so many goddamn names and people representing sorry i'm gonna make like a little like table of content like yeah, exactly. who to remember uh elida is black yeah no no she was she's just, just Almerlin. She, she was just the figurehead put in place when when they got overthrown when they overthrew she, the white tower yes well she's a red sister who was specifically chosen to overthrow because the reds and the blues have notoriously not gotten along gotcha and i think uh Blues and the whites maybe are a little bit like cooler with each other. Gotcha. I think we're gonna have yet another force in these books that are gonna be an enemy to Rand, and I think it's gonna be a bit of the Aes Sedai declaring themselves against the dragon. Yeah. Pretty soon. That's that's kind of what I'm foreseeing on the horizon. Well, because this letter is so a little arrogant. Like yeah. when she's saying like only the Aes Sedai can do this, like like the one power. Is, it's like, well. Like, it's kind of like... Do you we're know who you're talking to? Yeah. You're talking to Jesus, man. <laughs> well, also, it's like, we've seen the Aes Sedai arrogance. Even among the Saladar mm-hmm. que- uh, queens. <laughs> queens. Queens. It's just like, you... Th- it's like, again, as Maureen says, we've made the world dance to our song for 3,000 years. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, they know the up, down, all around. And they are protectors, but it's also kind of like, you need to relax yeah. a little bit. There's a little, like... shit's changing old man you know yeah so i'm very curious to see how the white tower in general is going to yeah change over the course of especially the next book well especially because alviarn's letter is uh enjoy my dulcet dulcet tones with respect i humbly bend to make myself known to the great lord dragon reborn 
whom the light blesses as savior of the world. All the world must stand in awe of you, who has conquered Kyrian in one day as you did Tyr. Yet be wary, I beseech you, for your splendor will inspire jealousy, even in those not toil to the shadow. Even here in the White Tower are the blind who cannot see your true radiance, which will illumine us all. Yet know that some rejoice in your coming and will delight to serve your glory. No, I don't trust that either, because that's too, like... It's laid on so thick. Exactly. It is so, like... Okay. It's like, you gotta see... Like, it's so obvious that, like, no, you're not as blunt as Elida, but there is also, again, that Aes Sedai, like... Oh, we'll satisfy your ego. We'll stroke your ego. Yeah, and Bran doesn't go for that. No. I don't know how they haven't quite figured it out yet, but he really does not respond to that. I, I think no. we even saw that in the showdown between him and Lanfear. Yeah. Well, he, you know, Luz Theron probably would have fallen for that, but Rand doesn't. And I do think there's a difference of, of people there and iteration. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the fact that they haven't quite cracked that either, I think, does just point out their arrogance. Yeah. Because normally that would work for any lesser man. No. <laughs> but Alviarin continues and goes, We are not those who would seal your luster for ourselves. Bullshit. <laughs> but rather those who would kneel to bask in your brilliance. You shall save the world according to the prophecies, and the world shall be yours too. You're forgetting he's going to break the world. So I feel like, again, you're focusing too much on the positives. Mm -hmm. To my shame, I must beg you to let no one see these words and to destroy them when once read. I stand naked of your protection among some who would usurp your power, and I cannot know who around you is as faithful as I. Girl, we just met. I know. I am told that Moraine Damadred may be with you. She may serve you devotedly, obeying your words as law as I will. Yet I cannot know, for I remember her as a secretive woman, much given to plotting, as Kyrie and Anar. You overthrew the current Almerlin seat. <laughs> and you want to tell me, like, oh, you can't trust Moraine. It's like... Well, it's funny, too, because I think where Rand is in this perspective, too, he can kind of go, yeah, that's true. But I know Moraine a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Like, she always had her reasons might have disagreed with them but but they were there at least it's yeah. like she had something to back them up yeah um and then the letter ends with yet even if you believe she is your creature as it uh as it i beg you to keep this missive secret even from here my life lies beneath your fingers my lord dragon reborn and i am your servant lvr and freed him bullshit that is down. the most her and elida i think it's just like well, I, there was always some kind of tension because even in the prologue, I think we were talking about how Elida might be the, Elida is the figurehead of Almerlin C. Alviarin is really kind of running things. She's, she's pulling the strings. She's, she's doing the Aes Sedai jig. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think overall, uh, we have been seeing it shape, but I think especially in these letters, it's very much more apparent that Rand does not have allies in the White Tower. Fuck no. Like, people with very much their own, uh, their own, uh, agenda. So I'm writing down your predictions. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Oh, I got another one if we're going to get oh, to it in, yeah. in this little bunch of stuff. Because there's something else that happened. Because uh, this, I, if we're wrapping this up. Yeah. Don't trust them. Think they're going to become enemies. Uh, very much, I think it's going to be like a complication down the road. Do you think uh, there's going to be an Alviarin kind of snatches the stole from Elida and kind of goes, sorry, I think I'm going to take over. Because like, here's the thing. Elida has no impulse control she's been very like what if i tell everyone that swan sanche is dead okay where's swan sanche <laughs> i think do you think this uh emissary of Aes Sedai is gonna kind of blow up in her face and maybe i mean the title is called let the lord of Ch of lord of chaos mm -hmm. do you think that maybe there's gonna be further cracks within the white tower and maybe we'll see elida brought down I think so, because I, I see it one of two ways. Like, A, uh, I don't see Elida being disposed of right now. Mm. I don't think that happens until there's more support in the tower. And right now, the tower itself, even with like this new situation going on, yeah. seems kind of weak. Doesn't seem like it exactly yeah. was. So I think unless that changes, not really. What I do see happening is the tower breaking entirely and all organization going out the window and it being a free-for-all of Aes Sedai everywhere. Alliances, infighting, you know, attempts at power, but really just a, a scattered group yeah. of individuals more than an organization. And do you, what do you see for like the Saladar Tower? Because other than Nynaeve's POV, we don't really get much. I mean, we get Swan Sanche... <laughs> Uh, what is it? It's, uh, even though Nynaeve is teaching the Sal, uh, Shirium and all that about Teleranriel, they're still, like, every 20 seconds, like, remember daughter, you remember girl, you're still an accepted. <laughs> Serious. Do you see, like, even with the Salvar, like, they have been forced out of Tarvalon. There's still that Aes Sedai arrogance. Do you, where do you kind of see them going in the next book? Like, I see that even becoming a little bit more organized and kind of growing into, quote-unquote, a good tower. But I don't know. It, it might be one of those things of the structure is broken. The people are still around, and they're going to, you know, uh, accumulate other rebels, other individuals, yeah. kind of for the cause. But I just, I don't see them going back to, like, a totally structured tower type. Okay. Yeah, I think it's going to be much messier. Who do you think? Because uh, who do you think the Saladar Amarlin is going to be? Because they still haven't chosen that, right? And so we have options, but I'm wondering. Yeah, who who do we have on the roster? So, Avienda, mm -hmm. Egwene, mm -hmm. Nynaeve, mm -hmm. Elaine. Mm -hmm. Really, of like of the people who are not in the tower at the time, Alana, Viren. Mm -hmm. Those are the seven that I can think of off the top of my head who were not in the tower during the coup. I've got two different predictions. This is one of them, and both of them involve in either or. I okay. think it's going to be either or this person. Uh, Amerlin for the Saladar Tower. I see it as a Gwen or not Ave. Or no, no, no. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. Let me take that back. A Gwen or Avienda. Okay. My second prediction does involve Egwene or Nynaeve. Okay. But that's an entirely different matter. And I don't know if we're moving on quite yet to that. Um, 
Yeah, let's go ahead. I mean, we can kind of freeform this episode. We don't have to really go cool in, in the chat. Yeah, we're kind of yeah. getting we're kind of breaking form. This is much more just like all right, let's talk about our feelings. Yeah, Lan. <sighs> yeah. Oh, <sighs> he. So when the bond breaks between him and Moraine, and he says he is bonded to someone in the West. Yes. Do you know what is West? Saladar. Okay. So, I hope to God it's not Nailu. Mm-hmm. Hope to God it is. Um, and this one, yeah, yeah, this one was a little hard because I didn't know. This one I kind of like soft predicted uh, Egwene or Nynaeve, but Egwene's right there. She's in the fray and stuff. Otherwise, he would have just stuck around. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, who else is in Saladar? Uh, Elaine, uh, Shirium, mm-hmm. other Aes Sedai. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing. Is like... I, I hope it's 9A, but I don't think it is because she's still just an accepted. She's not quite an Aes Sedai yet. Yeah. I don't know if even Moraine could kind of, you know, Pass that bond. Work, work around that. Yeah. yeah. And there are other Aes Sedai that we probably haven't even met yet that have their own past and, oh, and appointments with We have Moraine. nine books to go exactly. and over 2,000 named characters. <laughs> there are Aes Sedai we have yet to meet. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't think we've met them yet. Okay. Like I said, like I really hope it's nine eight. I don't think it is. I, at first, I thought it was a Gwen or nine eight, but knowing just proximity wise where a Gwen is, it can't be that. Well, a Gwen is with Rand still. Mm. Do you mean Elaine? No, no, no. I mean, I mean, oh, I mean okay. I, 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 was... I mean, it can't be a Gwen because oh, she was right, right. right there when the bond. Yeah. Broke, and so he would have just hung around and been like, "You." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, either way, though, I my heart goes out to Lane. Yeah, take. That's gotta be fucking hard. Tyshar Malkier. Yeah. No, it is like that moment between him and Rand where he says, You can't love anyone. There's a darkness to the paths that we follow. Mm-hmm. It's fucking bleak because there's no like, it's not even like a, Hey, do you want me to stick around? Lan, Rand has, by the end of this book, Rand really has no one. Like, no. he doesn't have Moraine, he doesn't have Land, he doesn't have uh, Asmodian anymore. Mm-hmm. He has Matt, but... He has Matt more as a tool than a friend. Yeah. Which is sad in its own way, I think. <laughs> oh, how did you feel about Matt at the end and Asmodian dying? Uh, so that part was crazy. I, I really didn't think I was going to be able to handle it. And, and it does bring up an interesting point about Balefire in general. Yeah. Because that is kind of a nifty narrative choice and very much a... Uh, a cool mechanic I don't think I've seen anywhere else as sleek as this, except for like maybe uh like maybe like some time traveling, you know, media. Like yeah. when you undo something or like undo someone and then they can't do the things that happen so you alter, you know, history and stuff. Yeah. Uh I'm gonna get some more Shamboard if you're Ooh. on board. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> I am always on board for Shamboard. Uh-huh. But yeah, when I was originally planning these episodes out, I had this episode planned episode end with um, the deaths of Avienda, Matt, and Osmodian. <laughs> but then I kind of realized there's no way to really do that right. well, so I figured let's pair it all together. But we have um, kind of like a prophecy update check. So with Matt's, when Matt went into the Aelfin world, they said... To marry the daughter of the nine moons hasn't happened yet. To die and live again and live once more a part of what was. To give up half the light of the world to save the world. 
So we just got a fulfillment of to die and live again and live once more in a part of what was. And then also, um, I'm going to go into um, the min viewing because I think that's also important. Um, so Matt, a red eagle, a, an eye on a balance scale, a dagger with a ruby, a horn, and a laughing face. So in a sense, we have... We've gotten a few of those. Yeah. We've gotten the dagger with the ruby, mm -hmm. obviously. We've gotten the the Horn of Valir. The Horn of Valir. The Laughing Face, I think, is just Matt. And just personality-wise, yeah. I could see that. And then Red Eagle is Manatherin. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm also looking up, because now I can kind of show you Matt Cawthon fan art more because of um, the Band of the Red Hand, which wasn't a big thing, but like this is like Matt's got his little like himbo army. Hell yeah. Um... But yeah, I can tell you that we get your little wolf boy next book. He's oh, good. He's I need coming back. I need. I need something. Yeah, I need some goodness. Um, um, yeah, we get your little. We get your buddy back. Yeah, but yeah, uh, it was it was cool because again, like there was a little bit of a whoa. There's way too many people dying. Right, like. <laughs> For a second, it, it felt a little excessive. Like, like we are barely over Moraine's death and and Lanfear. Mm -hmm. Now we're getting Matt, Althanda, and Asmodian. Exactly, and uh, I mean, top of the bumpers. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, is it? Em <laughs> you can you can you can try to go full full one eighty from the base. Be a trickle. Um. But yeah, I think having what like Moraine, Lanfear, Asmodian, Avienda, Matt, Ravine, Pevin, and the one made it eight people die in the matter of six chapters. That's a little much. It's a little much, and especially in the span of chapters where we do have a ton of unnamed characters dying. There, yeah. it gets pretty fucked when they get into the city for a second. Oh yeah. Even with Rand, you know, channeling as much as he does, it's a I I wouldn't want to be there. Yeah. But we lose three fucking Forsaken. Yeah. Like, and Lanfear was one of the more stronger ones, and Ravine had really something going. But, like, mm -hmm. all we've got left now is Mogadian, but now she's fucking. She, Nine put the Adam on it. Tied, yeah. Which, that is my favorite moment when Nine just goes, hey, fucking Adam mm -hmm. on your neck. Mm -hmm. I'm like, so Mogadian's now chilling with, uh, in Saladar. Mm hmm. Um, Demandred is somewhere. Samael is. I imagine Samael. I just want like an, a cutaway, like the battle in Camelot. Bail, blah, blah, blah. And it just cuts Samael, like a little, like, he's got his fancy coat on. He's like, all right, loose there and is coming. All right, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. Well, he's chilling in Ilion, yeah? Yeah. Because, yeah. like, the plan that was. was, the, that was the, yeah, that was the, the trap they were going to spring. Yeah. And because, you know, I think. The plan was Matt was going to die at the hands of Melindra. Mm -hmm. And whether she was sent by Samuel or Ravine, we don't really know. And I think that was going to spur Rand to go to Ilion. But because Matt survived mm -hmm. and there was the news of Morghese. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And then Rand's uh, Rand page, as it were. 
Alright, and that ends the episode. That's, that's, pretty, that's a pretty good No, I love it. One. No, it rant page. Uh, yeah, no, it, it was interesting because um, I think we've kind of unlocked a little bit of a new mechanic that has far-reaching consequences. If you... Because Balefire, as, as I understand it, it doesn't just kill a person. It removes you from the pattern. Yes. Which is a deeper sense of existence. It's not just existing in the physical material world it is quite literally your pattern is something that is metaphysical yeah and especially with the, the amount of reincarnation mm-hmm. I, it's rand rand's weave of balefire was powerful enough to bring those three back to life right and undo the actions yeah of, of him essentially because like rand sees like a lot of the palace isn't as damaged as it once was right because of what he was doing right yeah. there for, for what rabin was doing up there I think we've unlocked a bit of a recipe of, I don't know, like, again, I don't want to get my optimism up, but, like, can we get more rain back? Is there a way to weave some, if, if, even if it's not Balefire itself, something in Balefire, in that hmm. recipe of it that, that can, you know, if you, if you can... To do that, they would need to get uh, Balefire Landfear, but Landfear is also dead. dead. But that's the other thing. Balefire is such a destructive uh, external force. But in it, we have an internal mechanism that can undo the pattern. So if it's possible to unmake the pattern, there's got to be other ways to go about it. And I'm wondering, too... Maybe an exploration of the Balefire weave? Yeah, like that. And, And what I'm thinking, too, is maybe... In this reincarnation, you know, this this cycle, if yeah. you will, of, of the age or something, Luz Theron broke the world pretty much physically. Yeah. Um, and it definitely, like, it, it definitely did it on a different level with the, because it, it, he started to taint at that point. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, it was essentially, Luz Theron is responsible for the male Aes Sedai, the mm-hmm. taint. But the breaking of the world happened for, I think, like, a couple thousand years. Right. Like, it was a long widespread, but again... Shit went down. I'm wondering if Rand will break the world in a different way. It won't just be a physical apocalypse like what we saw yeah. in that cycle. I wonder if it's going to be breaking the pattern mm. and rearranging the weaves or something. Interesting. Um, but that's just kind of like what I what I saw. I just didn't see. I didn't see this as one little bit of balefire because because yeah. this feels like this had further consequences than what we've seen. Yeah. Um, also, the only problem I have with Balefire in general is kind of the, well, why don't you solve every problem with Balefire then? Because if I were Rand, I know it's like difficult and, and yeah. very taxing and, and would probably undo you and stuff. Wouldn't fucking stop me from just blasting, you know? It's a way to last. Start blasting. Yeah, I, blasting. I think the issue with Balefire, one, it's very dangerous. Mm-hmm. And again, I think it's like. I don't know. I mean, we've lost three Forsaken to Balefire. Ravine, Asmodian, and uh, Bilal. Mm-hmm. So they are, like, they're never coming back. Right. Like, they just cannot come back. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, more power to Rand if yeah. he wants to use more Balefire. Yeah. That being said, uh, very happy, you know, Matt and Aviander are back. Uh, mm-hmm. Asmodian, though. Oh, yeah. You are reaching one of the biggest mysteries that it's been 30-something years. Who mm-hmm. killed Asmodian? 
Like, wait, this is like a mystery that's still alive today? Possibly. Yeah. Who killed Asmodian? Who do you think? Wait, are you are you telling me that like literally the readers still don't know? Yeah. Oh well, shit. I mean, that's that could be like so just to interpretation or something. Um, I could see it a couple of different ways. It's okay. Either it's either because he he speaks in a way that like he recognizes this person, exactly. this agent. I personally think we are going to see the deepening of the cracks of the shadow. You know, the bubbles of evil are going to come a little bit more and more. Yes. I think it was the Dark Lord himself. Interesting. Okay, so... No idea fucking how, but big swing. (laughs) Alright. Well, I know who killed Asmodian. Okay, so it's not a mystery that's still... Well, it is, because sometimes people who are first-time readers don't know where to look. For the answer. No. But I know where to look for the I'm answer. I'm not fucking reading these five books again to game before the six. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'll tell you when you I'll when, tell you. When, when, we, when we pass when we when we get there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Asmodian's dead and that's uh I know. That's kinda crazy. Pour one out. Maybe was, take a sip for Asmodian. Take take a sip for Asmodian. I was I was feeling him and I thought he and Rand were gonna have a much longer time of you know yeah intercourse uh, <laughs> yeah no just learning and, and yeah and, and, well he was his character arc was on such an interesting path because he says i died and i'm reborn and i'm this am i this new person now yeah the fucking vampire mm-hmm. so i don't know bye bye asmodian yeah i uh, wish you were here longer i'm sure you're not gone forever no he is wait he gets Bail fired. He got bail fired. He got vaporized. Yes. So, uh, Asmodian can never come back. Ravine can never come back. Bilal can never come back. Okay. So, that leaves, of the dead forsaken, Ishamael, Agenor, Bothamel, Lanfear, I think, are however the Wheel of Time will turn them. Right. Yeah. Possibility is there that they will return somehow. Do you think we'll see any of those in Lord of Chaos? I mean, I didn't think I was going to get this much in five chapters in this book, so at this point, I'm just going to have to say yes to everything. Who do you think will be the first to come back? Uh, You know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. It's going to be Lanfear. But Moraine's coming back, too. They come back in Lord of Chaos? Fuck yeah. Alright. Lanfear and Moraine. Fuck it. We're, we're, going, we're not even going to half-court shot. We're going full-court shot at the buzzer we're, we're throwing it past the hoop we're throwing it just straight at the we're throwing it straight at the back wall but we're hitting the ceiling it's gonna instantly ricochet and just bounce off a band kid's head all right lanfear morin are coming back all right fuck yeah so then um <laughs> daddy davram bashir arrives in camelin's right and yeah. we uh he's first off like super chill with Rand. Yeah. but something important Rand goes i want to gather any man who can channel and we're gonna like we're gonna create a school. What do you think? This is where the fucking title Lord of Chaos begins. Like quite literally, you have I so pretty pretty indisputably. We, we I think we've said in previous episodes, Rand is the dragon. There 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 are no there's no heel turns. There's yeah. no rug pulls. He fits the bill. It's him. It's yeah. his story. Uh, however, that means there's a ton of shit that's gonna happen. He is going to be the Lord of Chaos, and I think he does that by 
fucking teaching these male channelers how to channel and then you've got a fucking lot of crazy people in the world that can mm. channel and are going off their you know off their gourd channeling and doing destructive shit and it, it's all his fault like yeah so Rand's gonna create like an army of just destructive madmen yeah because he's you know he's thinking this of like I need these in the last battle yes and I get that in a way it's also a look at the track record of all the exactly. men in the channel. It's quite literally mutually assured destruction. Yes. It's literally like just the acquiring of all these nuclear warheads and saying like, oh, we're not going to like blow anything up. We just need more than the other guy. Yeah. But these are like, like a nuke is like a cherry bomb compared to like what a channeler can do yeah. in some instances. And especially male channelers there's been no hope for them whatsoever yeah there's an interesting there, there there is an interesting again like thought i have on the horizon of like well maybe you can save the male channel or something like that mm -hmm. maybe maybe i don't know i'm i'm that one's that one i'm keeping totally up in the air until yeah. more books but do you think maybe is, like this is where rand and Logan meet up i mean i hope so but i want there to be some more development because like I mean, we yeah. also have the mysterious Mazram Tyene. That's true. So do you think, like, so Rand's going to create an army of madmen, mm -hmm. essentially. Who do you think, like, between Loghain or Mazram Tyene, do you think we're finally going to get Mazram Tyene <laughs> coming into it, being like, hey, I want to join your little army? Yeah, probably. Probably, I think, I don't know, I, I kind of see... This is how I see it kind of going down. Rain okay. trains this army. The army kind of gets out of hand. They can't be controlled. Loghain or some other player, again, there's so many people that we haven't yet met for yeah. sure, is going to come in and take control of that. And now all of a sudden, Rand has to deal with all of these male channelers that aren't on his side. Oh, like they'll turn, turn Loghain or him. someone else. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then um, at this point, with Moraine's death in this book, nothing is sacred. Yeah. I'm, I'm making every prediction. I don't give a shit anymore because things I thought were sacred just aren't anymore. I yes. thought Moraine was going to be there till the end. I'm so pissed. I think something that's going to come into play in this next book, Rand's hesitance towards killing women and women in battle in general i mean yeah he's, this, got, he's got some hang-ups this was one of my favorite moments so um after he reads the letter from uh moraine sulin comes into the room and just begins breaking her spear she breaks two of the three and she essentially tells rand we're, we're not housewives like this isn't like we're not like mother we're not like we're not going to be waiting for you to come back to battle with our husbands. Mm -hmm. This is not how it works. We're maidens of the spear. We are wed to the spear. So you're either going to accept that people will die and that's it. Or we'll just walk away. Mm -hmm. and it is it is such a difficult thing. Because on the one hand, we get where Rand is coming from. To be someone who is in charge of an army all of a sudden with no experience... That's a lot. But also, from the Aiel perspective, from the wise ones and the maidens, you are leading this army. If you're going to balk because you can't hurt a woman, that is not 
it's like what is like how are you going to even lead us trust you. yeah because yeah. i remember being furious with the wise ones when they're like you fool you shouldn't done i'm like he just lost someone and then this time around it's like no no i get that yeah because it's like i they're watching Rand just kind of sit there and it's like buddy so i think Rand's hesitance to hurt women is gonna be a something that bites him in the ass i could definitely see that and especially i think because we've still got uh still got mogedian we have other women forsaken we have mogedian grendel semarog mm-hmm. <laughs> and masana and then of the men we have demandred Samael. That's it. We have six Forsaken left. Or seven. Six Forsaken. How the hell do we have... How the hell do we have 14 more books? Uh, if we're counting from six... How do we have 30 more books? <laughs> Nine. Only... Uh, eight, actually. We have eight more books. Which leads me to believe that either we're going to go some period of time without seeing a Forsaken or the ones that can come back are going to come back. Okay. Doubly or something. Yeah. They're either going to be on vacation for a book or they're all coming back. Okay. And so I'm trying to think of this, if there's anything um, important that maybe I missed. Um, see... I mean, Matt in the uh, band. Oh, 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 this part. We missed this part where everybody who died that I liked came back, <laughs> like in Endgame, through those portals. Oh, my. I have a whole Endgame rant. I hated Endgame. We'll, we'll talk about it post-podcast because I'm interested in that. I hated Endgame so I loved much. Endgame. I thought it, I thought it, it was... Uh... three hours of fan service and destroying Steve Rogers as a character. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, you heard it here, folks. But, you know, I think we have really interesting things going into Lord of Chaos. Oh, I yeah. think we are left at such a high point. So, yeah, we want to thank you all for coming out. If you are listening to the clean and pretty version of this episode, why not join us on our Discord server where it's a little more raw, a little more dirty, as Christina Aguilera once said. Um, Eric, where can they find us? Yeah, you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasting content. You can also find us on social media on Loyal's Book Club on Instagram, Loyal underscore S on Twitter. So give us a follow there. Ooh, that's Shambord. May you always walk in the light. And may you always find water and shade. All right, have a good one. We'll see you next week.